players, do you need to make next season your best season ever? Or are you tired of putting in all the hours in the gym and not getting the results you deserve? Thousands of players attend PGC camp every year to discover how to think the game, be a playmaker, and run the show. We'll send you back to your team a smarter player, a better playmaker, an improved leader, and better equipped to foster a championship culture next season. I've had many of my own college players attend a PGC camp, and it's always had a huge impact on them on and off the court. You can go to pgcbasketball.com to find a camp near you. That's pgcbasketball.com. If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. The talent for so many players today, the talent in the spotlight, it's taking them to heights that their character's not strong enough to support. I'm one of those set goals, chief goals. I talked about faith, passion, obviously the drive with the guys that I've been around and the guys that surround me every single day. If I want to be one of the best, I've got to play with and against the best. Okay, so that which gets praised gets repeated. You're listening to The Hardwood Hustle, brought to you by PGC Basketball. Players, thank you for tuning in. You're listening to The Hardwood Hustle. I'm your host, Adam Bradley, alongside TJ Rosine. Special thanks to our friends over at PGC Basketball, Lead em Up, Team Snap, and Shot Tracker for all their support of The Hustle. Today, we're going to be talking about how to make a killer impression when being recruited. And this is so key. You work so hard as an athlete to put yourself in a position from a basketball perspective to one day get that offer, to get that scholarship. And you've worked so hard to do it. It will be very unfortunate, and it is very unfortunate because it happens quite often. If you were to do something off the court in just your interactions, how you respond to things, the little nuances and and, and the dynamics of the relationship, to do something to jeopardize it. I mean, how disheartening would that be? How how frustrating. And I see it time and time again that – and maybe they don't – players don't do anything drastic that takes them completely off the list of a coach, right, recruiting them. But maybe drops them down a notch or two, and mm-hmm. they lose out on the spot because they just didn't quite make the killer impression that wowed the recruiter, and and just sealed the deal. Yeah, absolutely. I know for a long time I've been recruiting kids to the college level, and it is you know I think really important for players to know separating yourself really isn't that hard. It really it really isn't because ninety nine percent of the kids that come through are very, very similar. And they're not bad, but they don't separate themselves. And so it's not one of those things where you've got to put on a tie, you've got to you know, do something incredible or amazing. There's just little small things you can do that separate you from the masses. And it's, this isn't true of just recruiting. This is true of most life. things in life. Job interviews. Absolutely. Like just those little things that could separate you that most people just don't pay attention to doing. And I always tell, tell the athletes I work with, it is so easy to make an incredible impression on people. Because society has lowered the bar so low for everybody that when you do simple things and, and just, you know, just what other people would say is just normal things, even today that's a win. Right, you know, when I see a young person, you know, yes sir, no sir, I'm like, wow, okay, wow, that's incredible. Okay, they've got something special. It's little things like that because the bar has been lowered so much. TJ, I asked a variety of different college recruiters to give me three things that they find, three small things that they look for that that help 
could help an athlete make a killer impression. I want to read those, okay? All right. And, and this is in no particular order, and this is from variety of different sports, high level all the way up to D1, right? Big 10 recruiting all the way down to D2, D3, so the whole spectrum. So this is going to give you a good kind of feel for what could help make you uh, give a, have a great first impression. Being able to hold a conversation. Asking questions back and forth and not just giving answers. This individual coach said he has stopped recruiting kids in the past because they were unable to hold a conversation. They'd answer questions, but they would never ask a question back. Mm-hmm. Scared them away. Yeah. Number two, this coach says, I pay so close attention to giving teammates high fives. He said, when I see a coach or see a player give high fives, it grabs my attention. And it's not just about positive energy, but it shows a level of mental awareness within the player. And he said he especially looks for when he's watching film and in the gym watching inconvenient high five givings. When you actually have to walk across the court and meet a player and give him a high five and you do those little things, it makes a big, big impression on the scout. Mm-hmm. You like that one? I do. Number three. This coach wants to see an elite something. I like this. This coach wants to see an elite something. I want to be able to say if we get him and her, him or her on this team, they give us an absolute advantage at X. Yeah. Whatever that X is, they want, they, they want an elite something within you. And maybe it's your t- being a great teammate, right? Maybe it's your defense. I mean, whatever it happens to be, but are you elite at something? Yeah. Number four. I pay attention to all the cues, eye contact, body language, their listening skills, and their responsiveness, kind of what we talked about. Number five, multi-sport, especially if they don't play as much on the other teams. I thought this was really interesting. Playing a modified role in the other sports. So obviously you're, if you're getting recruited to play college sports in a particular sport, that's where you're a starter, you're a star in, in your high school. Right. But if you're playing multiple sports, maybe you play a different role. Maybe you come off the bench in the other sport because that's not your main primary sport. This particular scout loves that because he says the modified role that that player plays on the other sport will most likely be their role as an underclassman when they get to their school. Yeah. So it actually allows them to get some training and practice embracing their role, whatever that role happens to be. When watching game tape... Not highlight tape, this coach says. He says, because he reminds me, everyone's highlight tape looks great. Okay, mm-hmm. But when watching game tape, does he do the little things? And there's a whole list of little things. What are some little things when you're watching game tape, just a couple things, that you, you look for? Yeah, I mean, I, I think indicators, like how hard do they run back on defense? Um, do they pursue the ball rebounding? Do they, you know, like I, there's a lot of players that think about the game, just me putting the ball in the basket. When I watch game film, if the only place they're active, engaged, is when they have the ball, I'm concerned because they got to learn how to play the rest of the 95% of the game uh, without. So that's one small thing I look at what are they doing? They don't have the ball on the offensive end and energy, effort, attitude on the defensive end. So, number seven, are they successful consistently in all areas? Or are they only good in basketball, right? He wants to see, do they pick and choose when they turn it on, when they don't, right? In, in areas, they're okay being mediocre, but then maybe they only thrive in certain areas. He wants to see consistent success in all areas. That's yeah. something he, really important. Yeah, you know, I'll, let me just add to that one. To about 99%, you know, maybe not that much, but in the 90% tile, 
what I've seen happen is their off the court habits reflect their on the court or vice versa. You know, and, and not always like how talented they are. You can't control that. But most of the time, if I have a very talented player who doesn't care about off the court, they're usually a very inconsistent player. And if I have a really talented player that takes care of business off the court, they're usually maximizing potential and they're great. So it just they, it, they usually reflect one another. So number eight, does the player love the game or love being recruited? I find this one so fascinating. Does he love the game or does he love being recruited? And this particular coach said there's a major difference. He said there are a significant number of athletes that love being recruited. They love the attention. They love what it does to their ego significantly more than they actually love the game. And he says when you get to the college level where everyone's bigger, stronger, faster, if you don't love the game, right, you're going to fall behind so quickly because you were able to stay ahead because of your athleticism in the high school level, but you didn't love the game enough to be able to maintain that level at the next level. Yeah, I absolutely believe that. This is a little bit of a side tangent on that one, but um, we have a good program, and, and there's a lot of good programs out there. You know, I'm not saying we're the only good program, but I have seen us pretty in a, on a pretty regular basis lose some really good in-state recruits. And when I break down the program that they choose over maybe possibly choosing ours, like I do think they have fallen in love with the whole recruiting process. Mm -hmm. And so they'll choose occasionally um, a D2 1,500 miles away that was below 500. You know what I mean? And it's like, hey, 30 miles up the road, you had one. I think we do things the right way. We played in the national tournament, 11-20 win seasons in the road. But I think there's a part of like being chased, being pursued, and then even saying, like, hey, I'm deuces, I'm going 1,500 miles away. I must be going somewhere special. There's just this allure. And a lot of times we see a lot of those kids come back who want to come back to where they're for. But I think that's that persona up front of, like, I love the chase and I want to be, you know, and I, I want to show people I can do this or I can go this or I'm going to this prestigious place. But they're like, oh man, if I just go 50 miles up the road, and it doesn't feel the same. You know? and, and I could see how that could play into it, right? Like people even out of state want me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, people all over the country want well, me. Yeah. Not just people in my hometown. Yeah. And, and, and unfortunately, I, and they're, they're 18 years old, right? So you players that are listening, you're young, like, I get that, but you have to see through all the clutter, and you have to find out what is the best place for me. And I like I know we're not the best place for everybody. And so, if a, if a young person decides they're not, we're not the right place for them. I get it. I understand that. But you've got to cut through some of the that nonsense and find out like, is this the best place for me to develop as a person? Could I see myself graduating from this place? Am I going to enjoy doing life with these teammates and this coach, etc.? You, you got to try and your best, even at a young age, to cut through all of that. So number nine, this coach, he tends to stand off during visits and watch the player interact with their family and to pick up little nuances on how they treat their family when they think no one's looking. Yeah. So extremely big. So, and, and, and I can picture this coach doing this, right? But you know, he finds a moment, maybe during lunch or something, he purposely kind of sits off to the side or just sits back and kind of just watches from the corner of his eye to see how the interaction is. And, and does that player go from being super engaged every time the coach walks over to the, the area? And then the moment the coach walks away, and now he's got that like kind of body language, swag, not really paying attention to his family. Like, is there a change there? Little things makes a huge difference. Yeah, they, you know, we, this is a, one. 
unintentionally, but we had a really nice recliner in the office, and we had two other okay, nice chairs in there. And when a recruit came in, I realized that immediately, like, he took the, the nice one and his parents to the other one, and I was like, eh, I was kind of a little caught off by that, right? <laughs> and then I noticed the next recruit said, hey, mom, why don't you sit here? And it definitely stood out to me. And for the next two or three years, it's something I always paid attention to. How did they handle the good seat? Like, who did they offer it to? <laughs> right. who did they get to? I mean, something simple like that. Right. Last one, number 10. Limited self-promotion on social media. This coach believes too much promotion shows insecurities. That they're searching for approval and searching for gratification from others. This coach wants humble and hungry players. So obviously there's a little bit of a balance on this, right? You know, I, I think no one has fully figured it out. But this particular coach, he's, he gets a, a sour impression of a player when he thinks they're too self-promoting on social media, right? That they need this, this constant reassurance and, hey, great job. Yeah, hey, you're the best. And they need that because there's major insecurities within them where he just, no, let's, let's go play the game. Have confidence in who you are, Right. Let be secure in the person you are and the athlete you are and what you're you're doing, and and let's be humble and hungry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I tend to think like that's we all want those things in recruiting. Um, I'll be honest, as a coach, there's sometimes I challenge myself to think like, well, maybe this player is insecure. Is there something I can do to help them? And so a lot of times we have, and I recommend this for a lot of college coaches, we have a lot of really hard conversations with players before they ever sign. And sometimes I think we ruffle feathers and so they don't choose us. But what's happened in the long run is we don't have a lot of kids that transfer. So like, for instance, if a kid is self-promoting, uh, this is kind of challenging for the coaches a little bit. Um, is is I would actually think, hey, listen, you really hype yourself up a lot. You know, I would I would say that to the young person, and how do they respond to that? Some people will be put off by it and be done, and that's okay too because you're probably saving yourself some time. But from a player standpoint, as you hear these things, you know, I think you just want to be aware of all these things. But uh, I, I think the the most important thing you do is just source from a good spot being mm-hmm. the kind of person that you'd want to be friends with and you'd want to play with and the, the kind of teammate you would want and how you'd want them to show up is just going to be a good starting place. Hey, am I showing up like the teammate everybody wants? And recruiters will recognize that. Players, we hope this episode kind of provided a little encouragement and a reminder to you that these little things that maybe you don't think much of can make the biggest difference in the recruiting process. You know, through Lead Em Up, we teach our five and two handshake eye contact. We rep it out. So you give a strong five and two handshake. We talk about our uptones, the little tones in our responses. How you doing? Good, 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 good. Right? Little differences like that. Asking the right questions. We, we teach a strategy about going for the gold to build stronger connections because when all else is equal on paper, Right, and, and your measurables line up just as the same measurables as the guy down the street and your skill sets are about the same, a coach is going to sit back and say, which one do I feel more confident in? And then they're going to start going to these little things. So if you ever think that these little things don't mean much, they could be the very thing that separates you and gets you the offer before someone else. Yeah. Right? Whether it's a job, whether it's a scholarship, right? you name it. Lifelong impression uh, enhancements here. Anything you want to add? 
No, I, I just want to reiterate the fact that it's not that hard to be that special. Like when you take these little things, it's not like you got to flip your world upside down. You just got to do the little things nobody else is doing. And most of the time it's just showing up like a really humble and hungry person, like you said on the last one. And if a coach comes across a humble and hungry kid that has enough talent, we're going to want that young person. Absolutely. Listen, I'm Adam. He is TJ. Together we are the Hardwood Hustle. Until next time, we're out.